Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile. Wow, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. What a great, great way we've started this new year. Thriving again in 2010. And by the way, every month we're going to have a different theme. You'll never guess what this month's theme is. It's loving again in 2010. And we thought on the Dr. Pat Show that one of the most important things we could do is remind all of you that you are absolutely magnificent. And thriving is your natural birthright. It's not something outside of you. It's not something you have to buy. It's not a workshop that you have to go get. It's, you know, it is part of fueling up and getting ready for the unlimited possibilities that are already in front of you. And I think part of why I do the show and what I love about it is that I get to remind all of us of the possibilities. Many of you have known me for years since day one. And so you know that I didn't pop out with a silver spoon in my mouth. You know, the journey is a journey that I've learned will build up incredible stamina and resilience and help us do one thing that we were meant to do, contribute on this planet, learn to love each other, and learn how to pay that love forward. How is it that we get to stand in our power? What can we know about that? You know, I have a guest today that I I want to introduce you to. You know, there's been so much written and there's been so much said about women and women in leadership. And if you've seen television last night, you saw Michelle Obama talking about what she's passionate about and talking about her children and talking about information that perhaps you wouldn't expect her to share. But what do the headlines then say? You know, what's the first thing that shows up, for example, on Yahoo Messenger? Wow, Michelle Obama must have shared too much about her children. Really? And so let's take this down to a conversation and bring it back up to the place of respect and honoring women in power. Today, joining me is one of the – actually, this is a woman that – she should have put herself in the book. The bottom line is that Selena Rizvani is joining me here today because she has a goal to propel more women in the top echelons of business, to propel them in what way, to make sure that we understand what women in leadership roles are today, what they were, and what they are meant to be in the future. So how does this amazing author and what she's created, Next Gen Women, How does all of this come together? She is the author of the book, The Next Generation of Women Leaders. And this is a book about what you need to, to, what you need to lead, but won't learn in business school. Because honestly, you don't learn it in business school. As a matter of fact, one of the most incredible memos I think I ever wrote was in my business school program. I didn't really get a good grade on that because it's not really a good thing to be writing to your business school dean telling the dean that they really need to have some classes that afford people to step into the fullest of their human potential. But beyond that bachelor's degree in business that I got, I went on to understand the way that Selena talks about it, that there are things you learn in life that really call you to be at a crossroads. And you make decisions in your life about what you're going to say, how you're going to show up, and what you're going to do. And my very special guest today, her brand-new book, On a Book Tour, has compiled extraordinary collection of advice and interviews, and we're going to share them with you today. Selena, thank you so much for joining the show. It is such an honor and a pleasure to have you back on the Dr. Pat Show. Such a pleasure to be here, Dr. Pat. Thank you for the invitation. This is an exciting topic, but before we get to the topic, I wanted to talk with you because you've now been on book tour, and I wanted to ask you 
as you go from city to city and you share the book and you sign the book and you speak to people, what are people saying to you? What, you know, what are, what's going on in the grassroots, so to speak, in terms of receptivity for what you've created? Well, you know, in speaking to you know, corporations and universities and women's groups around the country, I have found that women are so hungry for this material. You know, and as you said, there's so many strategies that exist out there for being successful at work, and yet we don't learn about them in school. And a lot of these women are saying, why not? Why do we have to learn these things the hard way? You know, and it's it's misleading to teach people that technical expertise is going to alone will get you places. So uh, the the women that I interviewed in my book, they credit their their success with surrounding themselves with mentors and using soft skills as winning traits. And and the women I meet with around the country say this book has given all of this advice to me in a consolidated way. You're helping me not have to join three different networking groups and meet, you know, hundreds of women to get this, but instead I have a guidebook I can go back to over time. So that's been wonderfully affirming to hear. Okay. Here's the question that I want to ask you because, you know, this is <clears throat> I you and I got, I got to chat once before and there was and it was a short interview. So this is a longer interview, so I get to I get to have a little fun. <laughs> the cover of the book has a picture of I'm assuming it's you. Is that correct? Uh no, I get that question a lot. It's okay. it's a unnamed unknown woman. Okay. Let's assume it is an unnamed, unknown woman, but let's assume all of us think it's you, because it could be. What's interesting about this cover, and I want to ask you if, if, if it's symbolic, is most books that you get, anyone that is on the cover of the book is looking at you, the, the, the reader. You know, they're looking at you somehow. They're standing there. They're smiling. This character, which could be you, is not. They're looking at the window. They have their hands on their hips. Obviously, this is a young woman. And, um, and I have got, I've got, I've been dying to ask you about this. Um, when I looked at this, I gotta tell you, so many emotions came up. And especially when I think about what you're saying, the next generation of women, why is this picture so symbolic? And why, and, and what's been the reaction to it? I've gotten a lot of positive reactions to that. Yeah, cover. exactly. And and I felt really positively when I saw it. Like you, I had, you know, an emotional reaction looking at that. And the reason was it felt like the promise of the book to me. Here's this powerful looking woman who's young, who has, you know, the world is her oyster. And in the image, she's looking out a window uh, of what looks like a, a high up, you know, building and office. And, you know, just how wonderful it was to, to see that image and have it encapsulate, as I said, the brand and the promise of the book that you too could reach that yeah, level. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and part of this really is talking about you, and that's what we're going to do now. You know, this is really a journey for you. And probably someone, you know, young in a career that could have tackled any topic. And I want to ask you, you know, this is a book that you, you, you had to be passionate about. You had to want to write about it, and you have to also want to speak about it. What is it that's within you, inside of you, that compelled you to take on this topic? Well, for one thing, I always, always found powerful women fascinating. You know, in a good way, right? Yeah, in a good yeah. way, you know, in an excited, uh, admiring way. But I think a big part of that was because I didn't relate to these women, you know, I didn't feel like a powerful woman for a lot of my own life. The voice in my head told me so many more limiting things than what you talk about in terms of thriving and, and you know, thriving being your birthright. So for me, a lot of my own journey was getting past that part of me that said, do what's safe, go for the sure things, Selena, don't risk too much. And I know I'm not alone in having thought that way, you know, and pushing through those those self-imposed and sometimes exterior barriers that are out there. And, and that's what I wanted to focus my book on, to help young women believe that they're candidates to be leaders. You know, that young women today are graduating with more degrees than men. There's so many reasons why they're poised 
you know, to be the next generation of leaders. So what do we need to do to pass on knowledge and help this cohort of women take the reins and move up? I love this. And, you know, part of this is not just the book that you've written, but the forum that you've created. I want to make sure that everybody, you know, is really clear that the next generation of women leaders uh, is available on Amazon, number one in its category. Uh, but there is an incredible opportunity for you to connect with Selena in a very big way. And you can go to www.nextgenwomen.com, nextgenwomen.com. You know, we are going to talk about so many things with Selena today. We're going to talk about where we were and where we're going. But we're also going to talk about Michelle Obama. And we're going to talk about what I referenced earlier in the show. Because the question then comes up, have we really come a long way, baby? Is that really what's happening? And what can we share with so many people? Selena, part of the conversation is really exploring are the challenges of yesterday today's challenges still? You get what I'm saying, right? Right, right. Or do we have new challenges for women? And we'll talk about all of this when we come back. This is an incredible book. I want to make sure all of you know it. If you are interested in becoming or exploring or bringing out that woman leader in you, this is really a book for you, The Next Generation of Women Leaders. When we come back, we're going to tackle a couple of tough subjects. Have we come a long way? What do we think we know that we don't know? And what can we learn from my very special guest, Selena Rizvani? We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now. Do you suffer from insomnia, body aches, fatigue, brain fog, digestive problems, weight gain, or anxiety? You may be dealing with unmanaged stress. The stress detective looks for the hidden messages within your stress and partners with you to create a wellness program to dismantle stress from the inside out. Learn to manage your stress and you can stop illness in its tracks. Call Susan Tyler at 888-629-4949 or visit StressDetective.net. Are you tired or struggling to get to where you want to be in your life? Want some help getting to that next level? Hi, I'm Dr. Melody Ivory, personal growth expert and passionate champion of your complete success. I'm excited to give you powerful books, teas, and coaching to help you easily transform your life from the inside out. Now is the time to make your life sing. Visit MelodyIvory.com for free articles, poetry, and affirmations. That's MelodyIvory.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. And I am so thrilled to have Selena Rizvani joining us here today. The book that she's written is The Next Generation of Women Leaders, What You Need to Lead But Won't Learn in Business School. And if you open up the cover, well, you know, honestly, I stare at the cover. It's it's so compelling. You know, but if you take a look inside, you'll understand why this is an Amazon number one best-selling book. But you'll also understand what it means to succeed off the job, what it means to negotiate for what you want, and what it means to think with the end in mind. And so the conversation today is about what is it, that's on the horizon, but what is it for all of us that are women that are work, still working? What is it that we must be able to do to shift and change? Selena, thank you so much for joining us here today. I want to take on that topic of shift and changing, you know, because I, I also mentioned before the break that, you know, this is a conversation about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. And congratulations, by the way, for this being a number one best-selling book. It didn't surprise me at all, but congratulations. Thank you so much. It's It's been wonderful to get the reception to the book that I have. And as I said, I know that somehow I can play a role in helping women think big and step up to leadership. 
Exactly. And so let's talk about this. I made a comment at the top about Michelle Obama. And Michelle Obama was on television. And if you listen to the interview, or even if you turn the sound off and you watched her, which I love to do because, you know, I have a degree in psychology, but if you look at that and you watched her, it was probably one of the most sincere deliveries that I've seen in a long time of any first lady. But then when you listen to what she shared, it was clear that she was sharing things from the heart. Headlines this morning, did Michelle Obama share too much? And I said to you, wow, can you, how do you win in this game as a woman in power in leadership? Can you shed some light on that? And, you know, if she would have done that 60 years ago or 40 years ago, what would have been the reception? Have we actually made progress here, Selena? I guess that's my question. Yeah, and I'm glad it's such a timely topic with that coming up. And we've had even a few other models, too, if you think about Hillary Clinton. You know, regardless of how you felt about her politics, she's another example of a woman who had a really tough time winning when it came to her femininity. You know, if she cried, people didn't quite like it. If she wasn't soft enough, she didn't seem enough like a woman. You know, and I think that same sentiment was mimicked last night with Michelle Obama and and is brought into the workplace, too. We're not sure what we want from women. We don't want them to be replicas of men, and yet we're still getting comfortable with what what's known as female leadership traits. So I, I think it's up to women to negotiate the space in between, to not get pushed into or feel pressured to uh, mimic a male style, uh, and and to find a place where they have a right balance. It's you know as you know, Dr. Pat, from your time in organizational development and human potential, so much of this is about finding your leadership voice. You know, you can't take on the most coveted job because someone else wants you to. This is really about it coming from you, being authentic, finding your own voice. And so I encourage women to do that. Well, honestly, you know, first of all, let's put things in perspective, too, and, you know, finding our voice. Let's put things in perspective in terms of what Michelle Obama was talking about. Um, you know, she was talking about something that's near and dear to my heart. When I think about the fact that my sister died at about about 450 pounds, and in in this was two decades ago, and we think about obesity in this country, and so here she is speaking out, and the headlines read: "Is it okay to talk about your daughter's weight if it's for the national good?" Well, how do we as women? Stand in our power, and how have some of the women you've interviewed, let's talk about some of the women in the book, how have some of these women really, you know, worked on both sides of this conversation, or do you simply, Selena, do you simply say, this is who I am, this is a cause that's important, this is what I want to talk about? I mean, what, where do we go with this? Because clearly women are finding a voice, but if we're finding a voice, then How is it that we can stand true and fight for the truth of who we are, even under a headline such as this? You know, a big key to success for these women that I interviewed, some of them like Jamie McCourt, who is the president of the L.A. Dodgers, or Melissa Monk, who is a, a chief infrastructure officer at Capital One. You know, these were the type of women I got to adopt as mentors through this project. And they did talk about barriers. They, they did talk about the fact that, you know, work format, if you consider that for a minute, the profile of most top performers in our country is someone who can be called upon 24-7. And, and it, that arrangement doesn't work well for, for many women who are chief caregivers. So, you know, one piece, one barrier is, is our performance model and the reward systems we use at work that, that are kind of excluding women. There's also some perceptions you know, some prejudice or biases left over that women might be too emotional or not, you know, too passive to lead. Uh, and, and this is something that's taking time and that we need to overcome. And unfortunately, I think it may make some women opt out of certain roles because they don't want to be underestimated. And I think a third thing is psychological. You know, some barriers are self-imposed. And, and for a variety of reasons, sometimes we don't see ourselves as leadership material. So 
sometimes, you know, we're as afraid of succeeding as we are of failing. So I'd say for a lot of these women that I interviewed, they noted these types of uh, barriers, whether it was the format of the work, perceptions, psychological things within themselves, and then they continued, trusted their instincts, and acted anyway. You know, they did not let those barriers hold them down or bog them down in some way. They acknowledged them and worked around them. So when we look at some of the things that, you know, we're faced with today, you know, how have, have times changed? Some people say that we've gotten a bit complacent, that we really have lost our voice. And those people might be people that grew up in the 60s, 70s, and, and have, you know, been comfortable with there being a voice with there being representation that's so vocal. Um, other people say, well, those, that was then, this is now. The situations are different. The challenges are different. There are more people in executive positions. And so are there really more people in executive positions? Or are we still part of the illusion that that women have really achieved the ultimate here? Well, there have been strides. And, and those are wonderful, one of them being that women make up half the workforce. You know, that's certainly a contrast from, from years ago. As far as achieving equality in the workplace, no, we're not there yet. And I would challenge the idea that we've arrived, you know, at, at parity. The reason being we've got this pay issue, this, this economic parity issue. And, and there tend to be two sides here when it comes to pay. You know, one group really looks at it and says companies need to step up more and do the right thing and pay women more fairly for equal work. The other side says women need to get more comfortable asking and negotiating for what they want and need at work. In my experience, I say both sides here are right. You know, we, as women, we certainly need to embrace tough conversations. That's an everyday task of being a leader and especially a corporate leader. So we need to remember that making requests of people, asking, doesn't make us look entitled or, or like we're expecting the world, but it often has the opposite effect of conveying healthy respect for ourselves and awareness of the value we bring to organizations. So I think that's where I stand with the pay issue. I think the numbers say it all okay. uh, in terms of overall progress. And what I mean there is when you look at Fortune 500s, our, our most admired, profitable, publicly traded companies, 3% of those are run by women. And that number is awfully close to zero. Well, you know? I mean, so then the question comes up, and this is why I love this conversation, um, have we really made progress? And let's talk about that for a minute. Have we really made progress? And are we now defining progress differently? Uh, in terms of being women and women in the workplace, have we made progress? And so the, the reason I'm asking this question is because if we don't believe we've made progress, then what stops women of this generation or, you know, the, what I'm talking about of generations, even your generation, to not be more vocal about it? Well, I think... Am, we, am I just old school? <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think you're old school on this. I think we have made progress. As I said, you know, when you look at the makeup of our workforce alone, mm -hmm. it's pretty compelling to see that women play a role in, in the economy, a huge role, and are a driving force. On the other hand, what you tend to see is that low numbers of women at the top of companies yep. tends to beget more of the same. And, yeah. and what a lot of research has told us is that when you can get a critical mass of women in leadership and they consider that to be at least one-third, you, you get more women moving up and women tend to become less novel. You know, you're not looked at as a woman first and foremost, but you're seen more as an equal. And there is a new phenomenon, too, that I believe you reference in the book. You know, maybe the corporate track isn't the track for women. There are so many women entrepreneurs right now or women stepping out in, in the world of small businesses. Has that been a venue that um, has come up in conversation? Absolutely. I, I had the pleasure of interviewing some incredible entrepreneurs, one of whom was May Zhu. She's the founder of Chesapeake Bay Candle and just an incredible force of a woman. And, you know, 
she talked so much about how entrepreneurship has been wonderful for her and that part of the reason was, you know, of course she's steering her own ship. Uh, but she also talked about a lot of the realities of it. She said, I feel like I fall, you know, five times for every one time a corporate leader falls. You know, I don't have the resources and the big infrastructure behind everything I do the way they do. And she said, for, for her, a huge part of her success had to do with optimism, you know, and continually picking yourself back up and trying it a different way. And I just found her so inspiring the way, you know, she recounted her own path and her own journey to being a, a hugely successful entrepreneur. I love it. I love what you've done and what the conversation's about. When we come back, we're going to tackle something that I believe is one of the greatest challenges for women in a lot of arenas, but I'm not the expert. Selena Rizvani is, and that is uh, thinking about what you want and then negotiating for it. Is it true that women have a more difficult time negotiating for what they want than men? I don't know, but when we come back, Selena, I'm sure, is going to be ready, willing, and able to take that on. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. For more information about me, you can certainly go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com. If you want more information about my very special guest today, you can certainly do that, and we're going to make that so easy for you. Go to www.nextgenwomen.com. That's next genwomen.com and we're going to talk about what's going on what forum selena has created for everyone let's take a short break everyone you're listening to the dr pat show can you negotiate for what you want do you know what you want do you know how to ask for it how about that ten thousand dollar raise that you think you should get wow i'm getting a half flash just thinking about it stay tuned we'll be right back with the dr pat show you like increased health and vitality would you like relief from acute or chronic health issues how would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process would you like relief from allergy weight and digestive issues this is all possible through a simple safe and natural technique whether you seek relief from health issues or desire to live at your optimum health and vitality contact reflex analysis is a profound method which detects imbalances at a subclinical level, restoring health issues before they arise while increasing vitality and longevity. Discover CRA. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. Every day we're moving toward wellness or away from wellness. I'd like to be your partner in achieving your optimal health and well-being. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659 Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Reach your full potential and increase energy with the superfood of the Inca, Maca Magic. Maca naturally balances hormones, relieves symptoms of PMS, menopause, and erectile dysfunction. Maca increases energy, stamina, and endurance without caffeine. Visit MacaRoot.com. That's M-A-C-A Root.com. Call 541-846-6222. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Living your life to the max means that you can have everything you want. Empowerment Psychic, Linda Dickinson, can show you where you're headed and teach you how to change your future. Linda will share with you the messages of those who have passed before you. For a private session, visit InMyFuture.com or call 800-206-9096. Listen to Linda Dickinson on The Dr. Pat Show. Call in and hear how you can be the producer, director, and lead in your life. Today is the day to start living your life to the max. Welcome back to The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. What a really cool conversation with Selena Rizzani. And the reason it's so cool is 
because it's been a long time since we've been able to wrap our minds around what some of the things are that she's talking about in her book, The Next Generation of Women Leaders. Um, it's not just a conversation about what women have or what women don't have. It really does present an opportunity for women to take a look at what they might do differently, what some of the challenges are, and what we can learn from women that are in leadership positions that really have mastered some work-life career successes. Uh, I want to just take a minute, Selena, before we move on to this question of, um, you know, negotiating for what one wants. Tell us about what you've created. Tell us about nextgenwomen.com. Uh, and so let's let's give our listeners a little bit of insight uh, about what you've created beyond the book. Yeah, nextgenwomen.com is a, a company that's founded on the basis that we can all step out as leaders. So whether that's growing and developing as a tribe or a network together, even through my blog or Facebook or any other network where you can stay up to date and learn strategies for succeeding at work, that's, that's one Thing that we do. A second thing we do is work one-on-one, coaching women who are rising stars and really want to break into leadership. Uh, a different way that we get our message out there is through consulting, and that's going into corporations or nonprofits and helping them better retain their female workforce. You know, a lot of them are wondering, why can't we hold on to women? Where are the women at the top of our company? And so I've found it's really the most progressive organizations that name the problem and actively try to get out there and and do something about it. And so when you and I were talking, we were sharing stories about perhaps some things being the same. And I shared a story about a young woman consultant that I had the pleasure and the honor of working with not too long ago. And we were putting a lot of the material together and we're going to do a presentation to an executive board only to find out that she was not going to be the one to do the presentation with me. Um, clearly, she could have, and I will say this, she could have. She looked like she could have been my daughter, so to speak. Uh, and when I approached her and I asked her about that and I said, you know, why aren't you going to do this? She very politely and diplomatically said, my senior associate thought it best that a more seasoned consultant do that. Bottom line was, she did look like she could be my daughter, walking into a boardroom, and, you know, this, and I actually approached her management about it, and ultimately she did get to go in, she didn't get to do the presentation, but, wow, I don't think I'm overreacting. I really think that we've got some ageism going on, and is it the same for men and women? I don't think If you're too old, you don't go to the boardroom. If you're too young, you don't go to the boardroom. We do. If you're too old, you probably don't want to go to the boardroom, but, you know. (laughs) We struggle with with age in the workplace. And I think especially for women, uh, young women are are underestimated all the time at work. You know, they don't look like the typical profile we've all grown up with of, of what a credible corporate leader looks like. They probably look the furthest from that, especially a, a young woman of color. You know, that that's even a bigger issue. Uh, and so what I would say is if you think about it, there are so many ways we negotiate on the job every day. You know, it's not just the big promotion or the salary we're talking about, but it's, you know, I need to take a vacation next week. It's, hey, my job has scope has gotten out of control. Can I talk to you about that? Can I go to a training? We're constantly at the bargaining table if you really think about it. And, and what I tell women is that we need to get more comfortable with these tough conversations. Uh, there was a research study put out that's fascinating, and Linda Babcock found. She said, men and women, give me an analogy that you would use to compare how you feel about negotiating. Men Uh most often said, it's like a wrestling match. Women most often said, it's like a root canal. (laughs) That's right. And isn't that interesting? Well, that's what I felt from this, this young woman, and certainly that's been my experience. What's been your experience in the workplace? Actually, I would have preferred the root canal. (laughs) My experience has been that, uh, like a lot of women, I didn't quite know how to go about doing this, but one reason I knew that this advice really held water was that I I left a morning interview with Naomi Earp. 
She's a lawyer by training and the head of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. And she said, Selena, we have to get more comfortable negotiating. She gave me steps to go through. I made an appointment that afternoon with my boss and said, I'd like a 25% raise. And I did everything Naomi told me to prepare for that. And my boss said, yes. And that, for me, was such a moment that crystallized. Other women need to hear this. I am not that unique. You know, there's other women out there that that need to know how to prepare for a negotiation of any type that will really make you more successful and feel better while you're doing it. I love the conversation about this because – you know, I think we're we're master negotiators when it comes to certain things, and and clearly, uh, especially in collaborative uh, situations. And I think about a lawyer that I, I personally know, and and I've watched her negotiate some of the most incredible uh, financial situations for women. You know, masterfully negotiate you know, how to clear up debt and just, I mean, it's like you could do a video of this woman and, you know, if she was selling you airplanes, you would probably buy an airplane even if you didn't fly. I mean, it's that kind of thing. What is it that you've learned from the women that you've interviewed um, about what the new challenge is or what the next challenge is and what we can do to move beyond them or get a jump on them, so to speak. Yeah, you know, they said, a lot of these women said, I use a system and it works for me every time. Even if I don't get, you know, the exact outcome I want, the system never fails me. And what they talked about was, number one, absolutely figure out where you have leverage. Where do you have leverage in this negotiation? Is it that you are, uh, uh, you know, a relied upon employee? Where are you indispensable? And, and to what extent are you needed? You have to know your superpowers, you know, before you walk into a negotiation of any kind. At that point, you know, make a case for yourself, especially if you can fortify your case with numbers or data, you know, or projects you spearheaded, tangible improvements you've made. If you keep a log of these things, it's going to make it much easier, you know, to walk into a conversation prepared. And and one of the most important things for us women is once you have your case built, practice regulating your emotions. I, I encourage the women I coach, do some role-playing with someone that you trust and, and say, go, go easy on me the first time and, and be a little tougher the second time. And that's going to help you uh, really keep your cool in the negotiation. And I talk, I, I designate an entire chapter to, to this negotiation concept in my book and have a lot of checklists and exercises in there. But you really need to know what's my best and worst case walking into this and what am I going to do about them. Huh. When we think about our lives and success, are women defining success differently these days than they did years ago? Or are we still, as women, looking to achieve great things? And then I guess the question, Selena, is are we looking to achieve them in the workplace or have we found another way to to feel fulfilled, so to speak? And this is a question about fulfillment. Yeah, you know, I can speak especially for my generation. I think many of us were... Uh, brought up with this concept of you can have it all, you know, a doctrine that uh, you can have pretty much anything out there. And that's such a wonderful message. But I think what we forget about sometimes is there are sacrifices. You know, if you're going to do that and pursue it all, you know, something else has to give. And many of the women I talked to said, my life is, is, is a lot about this 80% solution, you know, for me to participate in my home, in my marriage, in with my kids, at work, I, I cannot give 100% to all of those things all the time. Often it looks like 80% to many of those areas. So I think if you want a lot, that's fantastic. Go for it. Do that if it fulfills you. But don't expect you're going to do it all perfectly. Um, it really helps in this to know your values well. I think that's your number one guiding compass when dealing with work-life issues and fulfillment. You know, your, your values are going to tell you if you've drifted off course or if you're on the right path. And I, I tell women, think about your values and let your decisions about your time emanate from that. 
When we think about so many things that you've put in the book and your own personal life, one of the things you mentioned that I want to talk about is um, is something that I, I absolutely love. It. I didn't really understand it much until I sort of got out of the corporate world, and that is thinking with the end in mind. You know, you talk about it in the book, and I'd, I'd love to ask you how in your own personal life that has become sort of a critical success factor. Um, and I want to do it when we come back from break. But thinking with the end in mind, why is it important? Why do women do this extraordinarily well? And, Selena, before we go to break, please give out your website one more time and let folks know how they can get a copy of the book uh, uh, also and, and, and more about what you're offering. Absolutely. Uh, the website to learn more about me or the book is www.nextgenwomen.com and there you'll see links to buying the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, online, even 800 CEO Read. And please, once you're on my website, come and join us on Facebook, on my blog. Continue the conversation and, and pose those burning questions you might have yourself. And they could also find out where you're going to be in February. Um, I know you're... Uh, uh, in New York, you're also going to be in Pittsburgh, you're going to be in Princeton, New Jersey, a lot of places that you're going to be. So, folks, if you want to find out more, let us know. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show and my very special guest, Selena Rezvani. When we come back, do you have the end in mind? Wow, I hope so. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Athletes, diabetics, moms, let me tell you about a new high-tech energy gel called Chocolate Number no. 9. Chocolate Number no. 9 is made with only organic agave and the finest dark roast Belgian cocos. Number 9 contains no refined sugar. Number 9 is a certified low glycemic index item, and best of all, Chocolate Number no. 9 simply tastes great. Find out more at chocolatenumber9.com or call 866-999-1909. That's 866-999-1909. Are you tired of being overweight and nothing you try can get you to lose the weight and keep it off? What if there was a way to lose the weight that didn't involve dieting, buying other people's food, counting points, or having risky surgery? I'm Cheryl Manchester from Positive Changes Hypnosis to share some successes from people just like you. Janine Crosby lost 89 pounds in 10 months. Brenda Eckel lost 75 pounds and went from a size 22 to a size 8. She is completely free from her insulin for diabetes. Becky Miller lost 65 pounds and went from a size 18 to a 6. Bill Birdsong lost 105 pounds and a total of 14 inches off his waist. His pant size went from a 50 to a 36. Make a lasting change in your life. Call Positive Changes in Bellevue at 888-311-7157 to schedule a free consultation. That number again is 888-311-7157. You heard about it last year. You even thought about entering, but didn't. Now, life is giving you a second chance, announcing your second chance to change from the inside out with Dr. Pat's 2010 Holistic Makeover. So get on board. Winners will embark on a journey to make powerful change with the help and support of an entire team of coaches. Want to be a winner? Fill out the survey and tell your inspired story and how you plan to pay it forward. Go to drpatsmakeover.com. That's drpatsmakeover.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program. Here's Dr. Pat Basile. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the show. For more information about us, go to our website, thedrpatshow.com, or make sure you get there at Dr. Pat Live. Sign up for the newsletter and much more. Joining me today is uh, best-selling author Selena Rizvani. The book is The Next Generation of Women Leaders. She is now on a book tour speaking at various cities across the globe. You'll learn about many, many different things. You'll get to share some of the stories of some of the women that she's interviewed. Uh, Selena, thank you again for joining me on, on the show. Uh, this is really so great. I've got to spend this kind of time with you. It's amazing. Such a pleasure to be here, and it's been a great conversation. I, I love the questions you're asking. 
uh, and I saved the best for last, <laughs> so to speak. Um, thinking with the end in mind. You know, there were a lot of things you could have put in this book, and I just want to say that. One of the least expected chapters in the book is this one, thinking with the end in mind. And I know that there are many things that you could have written about and talked about uh, in general, but I was so curious to hear from you as to how this particular chapter made the book and what it was about the people you interviewed that said this was so important. Well, we can all get mired in today, you know, in yeah. this job and in life right now. And it's a lot harder to navigate your career or become a leader if you're only, you know, looking down at what's going on at this moment. A hallmark of the leaders I interviewed is that they're strategic and they're visionary and they look ahead. They're very future-focused. They're not as focused in yesterday or, or this minute. So that's a pretty interesting finding. But what I heard and, and what I recommend to women is take time to ask yourself, how would you like to be remembered? At this job today, the, the one you hold, how would you like to be remembered when you leave here? What do you want your legacy to be? And if you can answer that question, you'll have a, a guiding mission statement that you can use for the rest of your time with the organization, maybe even your career. And this is just like how a, a company has a vision statement that they use to strive toward. You know, ask yourself, how would I like to be remembered? And use that as your GPS as, or your compass, you know, to keep you going where you want to go. And it's funny, when I asked women this question, what would you like your leadership legacy to be? I was so surprised. Uh, I thought a lot of the women would talk about how um, they had created a wonderful deliverable or business achievement or how they'd increased profits. None of the women talked about that. <laughs> when I asked this question, all of them said, <laughs> I want to be remembered as a great mentor, as someone who pulled other people up who developed others, and, you know, what a testament to what a true leader is. They, they think outside of themselves. You know, they're constantly saying, how can I develop another? What do the women, or what have you found women fear most? I think one fear is that if you promote yourself, you know, uh, and, and talk about your achievements, that you'll appear as a braggart or arrogant. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> you know, I think all of us have seen a person who, who maybe did that too much, and so we're afraid to look like that. And the truth is, the, the people who move ahead and get the jobs out there, they're the ones who advocate for it and explain in 10 different ways why they are the perfect person for the job. You know, so we need to get comfortable advocating for ourselves uh, just like other people are going to be, the people we're competing against, and saying why we're the right person. And, and in doing that, you have to advocate and promote where you've achieved, where you've been most successful. So I think that's a big one. I think it's a big one. And, you know, and, bra and I actually, in the coaching that I do, I actually do a bragging exercise for with women because I find it is one of the most challenging aspects of being successful in a lot of ways. And, and it's really interesting when I pair a woman and a man together in this bragging exercise, so to speak, what happens. And I could probably do a study just on that. But it really is a way that we have to learn to promote ourselves. I learned it coming out of the corporate world and then discovering that, oh, my gosh, I have to start my own business. And there's a lot of reasons why I had to do that. But the point is it took me a long time before I even got to the place where I could actually talk about the work that I was doing and how significant it was. It's not that I avoided it. I just never thought to do it. Do you see what I'm saying? I had to rewire myself, as my friend Joe Dispenza would say. I had to rewire my brain. Yeah, I think that's, that's so true and that a lot of us experience that. You know, when you think about us as kids, with a lot of girls, there's more of a focus on being nice, you know, and you're often rewarded for being nice or you shared or you accommodated. And often for boys, there's more of a focus on winning, you know, and uh, a lot of times with winning comes promoting your win and your success. 
So I do think uh, even from the beginning, we have a little, um, you know, some miles there to make up in terms of getting more comfortable with these things. And as you said, finding your right, your right way to do it, the way that feels comfortable and good for you. Well, you know, this has been such an incredible conversation um, that we've had. And I want to end it by talking about a line in the book that, and forgive me if I don't exactly remember the page that it was on, but I think there was something in the book that got my attention, and it has to do with risk, and it has to do with regret. And um, I, I wanted to ask you, about how women that you've talked to talk about regret. I mean, I know that we talk about failure, but my experience is there are other things we talk about. What do they say about regret, and what can we learn uh, in the closing message about taking risks? Yeah, you know, uh, my big statement I share with people is fear regret more than failure. You know, when we're when we're older one day and we're looking back at our lives, it's more likely we're going to, you know, be upset about the things we didn't even try, more so than the things we did try and didn't turn out perfectly. You know, so these women said, think big. Unless you are a heart surgeon or an engineer building a bridge, <laughs> take risks. You know, think big. This is your time. And and that's been so profound for me. That that's something I'd like to do uh, more of and continue to build. I want to do that by expanding this work from professional women and new workers to high school students, you know, and getting out there and helping women take risks and be gutsy even younger. Well, you have certainly gotten off to a great start. It has been such a pleasure and an honor having you on the show, Selena. I want to ask you in kind of wrapping up and thanking you so much for being here. Wow. Um, what's your personal message? What would you like to leave with our listeners today? Go for it. You know, this is your time. Don't wait for the day where you can say, now I feel ready. You know, look around and say, what do I need to do to be comfortable enough to go for it or to take a risk or try something? This is the time. Go for it. Be gutsy. Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, for those of you uh, that missed any part of this, this is a conversation you're going to want to get the whole story on. The Next Generation of Women Leaders, best-selling book, best-selling author, Selena Rizvani. Um, and, again, we said if you want to find out more about this, go to nextgenwomen.com. Find out where you can catch up with Selena on her tour. And remember, this is your time. Selena, again, thank you so much for joining the Dr. Pat Show. It's been great having you on. What a pleasure. You're an inspiration. Thank you. All right. We're going to rock on together. And you know what? It's never too late to be a next-generation woman. It has nothing to do with age. It has to do with your mindset. has to do with your heart. And it has to do with your gumption. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by Remember. Thriving again in 2010 is your birthright. Step into it, experience it, and let's live life full out together. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Dr. Pat Show, Radio to Thrive By. To contact Dr. Pat, visit thedrpatshow.com. Tune in next Thursday for another dynamic hour of The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basile.